when did you know that music was going to be a part of your life? So um, it's interesting. I, I guess um, kind of always in a sense, I, to this degree, never, I never knew this, but uh, you know, like basically when I was in second grade, Oh no, when I was in first grade, I used to always sing at my desk and uh, during like pa parent-teacher conferences, uh, my teacher would say to my mom, like, oh, he's always singing, but I, I think I'm just going to let him keep going. And, uh, you know, and the next year, like, second grade came around and the PTA uh, parent-teacher conference would come up and, and the teacher was like, is there any way you can like make him stop, <laughs> you know? But, you know, and it, it was always so tough to, you know, because it was always, there's always a beat. There was always like... Uh, if I heard something catchy on the radio on the way into school or something, I'd be singing all day, pissing everybody off. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's always been, you know, the, the only thing that like, I really felt like I could totally wrap my head around, like in terms of like, you know, there'd be like basic math stuff that I really couldn't get down. And like, I always wondered why, you know, why I can't do that. But I guess, you know, people just have their strengths and their weaknesses. And I guess I just kind of, uh, you know, get attracted to the the music part. And, uh, you know, that's always just been the thing that made sense. So it, it, in a sense, I, you know, I can't really, I could do something else, I suppose, but I just wouldn't, you know, like, I feel like in terms of my purpose, you know, that's gotta be it. Nice. When you were, uh, I guess, growing up, like, where did you want to be a singer or when did like, um, the instruments come into play? Um, well, I always like really idolized people like uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, like really like I, you know, I dressed up like him all the time. I used to like put on eyeliner in sixth grade and go to school and stuff just because I really, you know, I loved everything about like the rock starism that he was like kind of doing. And so it was kind of like the because of, he was like my first idol in a sense, there was always like the total package. Like I, I always felt like I always saw people playing and singing. And, and obviously, you know, you go back in time and there's just singers, you know, like obviously there's great singers that just sing. But, you know, I, that kind of rock star, I think, yeah, I think it was Billy Joe Armstrong that kind of just put that like, you know, just, you know, singing and, and, and strumming away thing in my head. And yeah, so that's kind of, it was kind of like a, um, just like a package deal ever since like basically sixth grade that I was always just kind of, you know, learn Green Day covers or learn Blink-182 covers. And it was always just, you know, they always kind of came together it wasn't just like i'm going to focus on my singing today or i'm going to really focus on my guitar playing today it was always just kind of like setting up a mic at home and like my fender little amp and just like you know what i mean uh and that's kind of always what it's been yeah uh so when did like um when did you start writing like your own music um <laughs> music that i was willing to show the world um <laughs> probably around high school i mean I, i've always kind of you know written little things even since like middle school and stuff but uh those songs were more like i don't know when you when you're in your your rudimentary stages of songwriting i feel like it's always kind of just like like just like 15 degrees off center of an, an, another song like i wrote so many songs that were basically just another green day song but like <laughs> like changed a couple words i don't know like that's just that's you know it's like it's it's a it's a skill like anything else songwriting you know you just you start with like training wheels in a certain sense and you you get there but uh <laughs> Yeah, so I would say as far back as maybe eighth grade, you'll hear original songs that uh, you might find on YouTube <laughs> scattered throughout the Internet. <laughs> uh, when, so when did you start recording your own music? Um, so that happened basically um, pretty late in the game, honestly, like all through high school. I had like basically no interest in it. It was the weirdest thing, like my, I guess just because my neighbor had like a laptop and I would just call him up and he would come <laughs> over. Um, but uh when i got to college 
uh, especially the second year. I mean, that's kind of what I, you know, we were in the music industry program, me and my uh, alumni friends. And uh, basically, like, you know, we had to record at some point. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like get an M box, get like a you know hundred dollar condenser microphone. And I remember thinking like, like, ah, oh, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> like the first things like I was recording, like, ah, oh, this is like so dry and weird sounding. So the first thing I bought, like in terms of software was Autotune. Uh, mm -hmm. And like, I, you know, that's kind of been, you know, I, I, I've learned the ins and outs of that since then. And like, you know, how to record things without using it and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, the first thing I remember really trying to recreate was the ending of feeling this by blink 182 just because like there's that four part vocal part and like i could never sing that well with three other people so i was like what if i could just like like if i can get this on the grid on the pro tools i can just like kind of listen back and like everything from there kind of branched off into other things that i wanted to do down the line in some way like you know like i, I was eventually in like a beach boy cover band and i was eventually you know like doing like lots of pop punk stuff but like that kind of like just in my dorm room back in like 2012 you know, that's kind of like where it all kind of stemmed from. Yeah. Uh, like, how did you or did you take classes like for recording or how did you learn about, you know, how to like mix and stuff like that? So so at the College of St. Rose, I did actually take classes. Um, that being said, um, and, and, you know, the teachers were great and there's a lot of guidance that I received. However, a lot of the things that I have learned have come after that because, um, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't know, just being in college and stuff, it's like, it is what you make it. And I, maybe it wasn't the most like dedicated student. And I think just like the fact that it was like a graded classroom setting, just like I automatically kind of tuned out, but um, you know, being around it, like the stuff kind of comes in waves in my recollection. Like, you know, like I would, I would just suggest to anybody listening, if you want to get into mixing, you don't need a college course. You don't need any of that stuff. You just need like a couple good YouTube videos and the drive to do it, you know? Cause that's like everything since then I've just kind of like, you know, like even I, I used to work at um, as an intern at John Feldman's studio and I didn't get a lot of, you know, that he was recording uh, Blink-182 at the time, actually, and didn't really get a lot of hands on uh, time there at all. Like I like like I didn't have a notebook. I wasn't on the board. I wasn't mixing. But, you know, that stuff because I wasn't getting to do that stuff, I would go home and I'd be looking up like, how do I do this? You know what I mean? So it kind of it's, it's kind of like a weird cause and effect thing, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, all of your recordings sound so like professional. Like they sound so, they sound so great, man. Like everything. Um, Thank you very much. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, how did you learn about like gear? Because I saw you posted. I think you posted a picture like the other day of your yeah. recording gear, yeah. and it's like super impressive. Like, how did? <laughs> Like, um, I mean, cause me personally, I'm trying to record and stuff and like, I just have an interface and, mm -hmm. and logic and I understand like the basics, but when it comes to gear, I don't even know where to begin. Like, how did you get into like gear for recording stuff like that? I guess I've just been collecting it for a long, long time, basically since that like 2000, so probably like 10 years now, like, uh, you know, just like putting a lot of my let's just say that I haven't like really been saving up for a future home or anything like that. And I live at home, you know, still, uh, but you know, like but I have, you know, like I, I, I've got, I've been able, because of that, I've been able to, you know, accumulate a lot of gear working at jobs. I worked at guitar center for probably two years and, you know, they have a discount program there. So like all my paychecks were getting pumped into like these half off, like really nice things. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. Uh, but you know, like, you know, whereas, I don't know. It's just one way of looking at things, I guess. But, you know, what I would say in terms of, 
you know, you mentioned you have like a small interface and, and whatnot. And like, you know, the you start to see little, 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 little differences as you go up like the chain in terms of gear. Like I kind of liken it to if you're a gamer, like when the Super Nintendo came out and then the N64 came out, that was a huge gap. But then after that, you start seeing like these really tiny gaps, even though like, all, you know, like the Wii for the GameCube to the Wii, like, mm. like those kind of graphics. And it kind of gets like that as you work your way up the pro audio chain. So you'd be surprised how like, how good you can make some of the more rudimentary stuff sound if you have some of the know-how like it's not necessarily the end of the world now these are really awesome toys and like you know like if, if anything broke down I'd, I'd definitely be a little bit bummed out for sure but uh uh you know it, it's 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 not i wouldn't say it's a problem yet but i am i've got a lot, a lot of gear at this point yeah yeah awesome man um so we'll go back to uh your music when what was the first band that you started or that you joined first band was called only chance and that started in <laughs> such a, like a right like like middle school name almost but uh uh seventh grade i believe that started and uh what was the other part of that question oh just like when when um i guess like when did you want to play like live music or, or oh yeah i, I mean I, again it all stems back to that like looking up to billy joe armstrong from green day and like i just really wanted to get to a point where because i mean i went and saw american idiot live and that's exactly what i wanted from that day forward um but you know like just playing on like the uh jam day i think it was called or, or whatever just like at the end of the year bash just yeah whenever i could get on stage that was like my happy place for sure um yeah, I mean that's that's what it was. It's always been about, in a sense, even even from a young young age. Yeah. When did you start playing like a, uh, I guess like local gigs stuff like that? Um. So that probably wasn't until my high school band, Uncle Joel's Comb, uh, and that was a ska band. That's kind of how I found the genre. Um. And I was a guitar player in that band. And we were, you know, we were pretty young, like younger than 18, probably. And we were kind of getting into like the touring aspect and getting into the, you know, the the local promoters would do the pay to play stuff that was really big back then. So <laughs> we were always like busing tickets, you know, to all of our classmates. And, and you, you know, if we had two in one month, they'd be like, dude, we just can't, you know, like we just like <laughs> we like your band. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you know, so that that was, you know, that was definitely a. A, a time for sure like very very fun memory yeah yeah i i know i played a few like pay to play stuff and oh uh, yeah yeah you know i mean it's you get the experience but uh, yeah <laughs> you grow up and you're just like ah oh, just kind of not do that right and i mean <laughs> I, I get it you know like like local venues were like struggling to stay afloat and a lot of the ones that we used to play at are in, in albany are not around anymore and you know so like i know that there's a you know it just sucks that that's what it's come down to and that we have to like like push music live music or at least back then especially had to push live music so hard because people are just totally phased out of it in a certain sense but hopefully you know it seems like it's coming back a bit especially now that you know it, it's basically you know people want what they can't have in a certain sense yeah. and now that it's like it's just like in reach you know <laughs> after corona i feel like i feel like live music will have a, a fairly large boom again i hope yeah yeah i'm i'm with you with that um so you mentioned ska music and playing guitar when did uh when did like you get start getting into bass um so i mean i've had bass lessons like probably i don't know i took bass lessons when i was like 15 and i i i've always had a bass here uh, and i've always kind of doubled on it but never actually performed on it i think it was the day that we shot um j45 music video i i hadn't decided which instrument i was playing in this band until that day actually i feel like um uh, because we were gonna you know uh 
we were, I, we was like a last minute uh, lineup change. And basically, you know, the person who's playing guitar in that video is basically an actor. So uh, I really, it was like that. Time, I'm like, uh, all right, all right, I'll play bass. And just, you know, since that, yeah, you know, I like the bass parts. And I, yeah, I figured as long as I can play and sing them, then I'll stick on it. And, and it took some practice kind of getting it down, but um, I got there and, and, you know, that's where I'm at now. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm really happy with the decision in hindsight, just because like a lot of people who play bass have reached out and said like, that's a cool part or you know what I mean? Or like, can I have the tabs? You know, and I yeah. feel like for guitar, I can't do much flashy stuff. Nobody would like, you know, be like, oh, cool power chords or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, I don't know. But but when it comes to bass, you know, it, like I feel like I can kind of talk on that instrument a little bit better. Yeah. Did you write all the bass parts? I did, yeah. Yeah, those those bass parts are, are awesome. And then it's super impressive to sing and play like those bass lines. That, that's badass. <laughs> Some of, them, some of them I don't have down, like, you know, from, especially from our last record. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close with a lot of them. Uh, but some of them, you, you know, if you ever see us live, you might, if you know our bass parts in and out, you might hear a, a, a bum note or two. <laughs> no, that, that's all good, man. Um, so you mentioned, too, like, when you record, you have to play or have, like, your instrument when you're singing. Uh, um <laughs> when i'm recording i, I think yeah. I, I was just i was just being okay. online yeah uh, no, I, <laughs> no when i'm singing in the studio i'm like i'm like super zen singer like trying to handle <laughs> freddie Mer not not quite but like you know i'm I'm like i'm very in touch with like the intonation like when i'm singing in the studio like vocals definitely take precedent you know like uh i i I think it would probably suffer if i tried to play the bass parts sometimes the bass parts are even written by the time i'm tracking vocals so yeah. um you know, I have seen singers, uh, though, for example, when I was working at Feldman Studio, some of them like had the pantomime playing guitar while they were tracking vocals. So it's not like, you know, it's not like the craziest thing in the world. Uh, but just for me, I have to like really focus because like I, I, I'm trying to grow as a singer, too, you know. So. And so uh, how are you like, what are you doing to grow as a singer? Um, that's a great question. Um, let's see. Well, <laughs> Drinking a lot of water uh, is one, um, you know, the voice is a muscle and it's a muscle that needs to be trained. So, you know, I'll notice that, you know, you have to practice, you really do have to practice singing and you have to like, and find a spot like the, that the acoustics, you know, if you want to like improve your vocals, find a spot in your house. That's like the acoustics are, you know, something that you're familiar with and you can like you know, I guess in a, in a sense, like when you're singing and you're, you really have to just listen to yourself. So you find a spot where you can like sing and hear yourself in a proper way. And that's what I've been doing. And like always training my ears. And that's a big thing, too. Like because it is a feedback system. Like, you know, um, I mean, I suppose you could sing if you're deaf, but like but, but so that would be a different system of feedback, I guess, because that would be like vibrations. But, um, you know, I have personally been training my ears uh, when I'm singing because I want to get like right on the pitch. I want to do like vibrato when it sounds good. I want to like, you know, I've been trying to like do some runs in our new stuff. Um, but uh, you know, like, so just like kind of becoming more one with myself as an instrument, you know what I mean? Like becoming an instrument instead of just necessarily like a punk guy, which I've been in the past, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, but like, you know, like a real performance, you know, like, cause the, the beauty of us as being a singer is that you know your your voice can change your voice can do things you can find spots where it really works you know so it's not like uh, an, an instrument out of a factory it's it's like this ever-changing thing that you can better um and um you know it's 
it's it's been a quite a journey because like I, you know back i remember back in middle school i would have my classmates be like you know you can't sing right <laughs> but you know lately people have been pretty kind about things so um it, it feels good to like have noticeable improvement even if it's been a matter of years you know like it's it's been cool yeah yeah for sure i think uh like your voice is just super noticeable like um i i actually found millington on uh the essential ska playlist on spotify and and you have or you have like a bunch of songs on the on that playlist and like anytime a song comes on just like all right i i know that's y'all um, uh, cool wait, so you're saying you, you you recognize my voice when absolutely when, oh cool that's awesome yeah that's awesome. yeah absolutely and i i mean i'm uh i'm like a big fan of like pop punk and just i like your whole vibe of like pop punk and ska is just like speaks to me so much uh i'm, I'm so glad <laughs> um but when so when did you like find that voice because again like it's super recognizable at least to me like i know it's you um yeah so i guess it kind of comes about like all through again back back in high school where we were in this band uncle joel's come and our singer was actually like a pretty much a baritone at the time and i was a backup singer um and i would always find that like when i was trading lines with him my voice didn't sound very good and I was like, why is that? Because I feel like I'm belting, but it just doesn't sound very good. And it turns out that I was trying to like sing in the same range as a baritone, um, you know, and then like down the line, I found bands like Boys Like, or yeah, Boys Like Girls. Yeah. I don't know why that sounded wrong when it came out. But, yeah. That's the the band with The Great Escape, um, uh, Love Drunk, Hero Heroin. Yeah. Um, bands like that, All Time Low. And like, you know, like singing along with them or and Dashboard Confessional, especially. Um, and like singing along with them, like felt kind of right. And I was noticing that like, I'm doing, I'm feeling like, you know, like when I went to go sing along with these things, you know, like potentially my classmates couldn't do the same. Um, so I felt like I stood out as a tenor and realizing that my voice actually works in a much higher uh, capacity than, you know, the previous, like trying to sing along with Blink stuff, trying to sing along with, you know, our old singer, um i was like I, it's not that i've been bad all these years it's just that i haven't been singing my voice part you know so kind of like rediscovering being a tenor um and just like being you know it does it like it cuts through and it's unique and i i'm really glad that i you know i'm able to present it in a way that people enjoy so yeah i'm always working on it and you know like my voice hasn't necessarily set yet so um, I'm finding even, you know, songs that I did like two years ago, like Crossroads, um, I would probably do a half step down, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's always changing again. Like it, it is like a very biological instrument, but I'm definitely going to be you know, a, te a tenor for the rest of my days. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all about it. Awesome. Um, what, what's your uh, writing process like for just new music, new Millington stuff? Um, so it used to be like basically all of Beatdown Generation kind of came about when I was <clears throat> driving to and from work. I used to work at Guitar Center um, and like literally on the commute, I would just be driving, not listening to music, just like early in the morning. And like this disembodied idea would come into my head and like I'd wait till I got to a red light and I'd record, you know, hum or whatever into my voice memo and then go to work. And I had a pretty mundane job just in the back of the warehouse. So I would like kind of like work those ideas out all day and then work on it on the way home and then like get home, try to record it and then pass out, go to work the next day, repeat, you know what I mean? And that was like, that was beat down generation. That was the music before that too. The first couple singles before that uh, lately uh, it's been, I don't want to say it's been a dry period because we do have a lot of good tunes coming out, but um, I think just because of COVID was a thing and like, I didn't get to leave the house much. It's, it's, it's weird because I was basically locked in my studio 
but these ideas weren't flowing like they were when I wasn't, you know? So again, it's like when I'm on the road and when I'm not allowed to be in the creative area, that's when the ideas come. And then I can use the studio more as like a workspace. But when I'm locked in the studio, it's like these ideas, it's like, it's trying to force it and I don't want to force it. So that's why it's been a bit since our last release, but you know, the vibe, social vibes been getting better. Things have been getting, you know, good. So um, I think, you know, like the ideas are flowing again. And uh, I don't, I can't really put my finger on, you know, what the exact process is now. I guess it's kind of just like, just, uh, I don't know. I, it's still kind of the voice memo thing, but uh, it, it almost, is, it's been coming more to me like poetry lately. Just like, you know, I never used to start with uh, lyrical ideas. It would always just be like a melody. Now, like these kind of emo tweet where the ideas have been popping into my head i write them down and that kind of just has been flowing more so this way so yeah that, that's awesome man um what uh what's your go-to bass when you're recording um so behind me i have my jaguar bass which is uh of japanese make uh it used to be black and then i had it painted yellow in high school and then i painted it seafoam green um uh, and that's got um vintage custom shop 62 jazz pickups or something like that um I don't, I don't know which year in the 60s but vintage custom sh shop 60 something um and then uh so that's the that's like the, the, the flagship one i always reach for that when i record i sometimes um I, or I always whenever i record especially for pop punk i always do new strings like i you know that's how it kind of cuts through you get the reactivate the high um the high harmonic series stuff to kind of compete with a guitar um i also sometimes do use the rick mm -hmm. um i do love that bass but i i i just i don't know how to record it in a way that sits in the you know like the fender bass sound is something that just like have been hearing in constant rock records i know right where to mix it when it comes to the rick you know the, that's a through neck so it's like um it just it has a way lower fundamental and that's awesome it's a bass it's a bassy bass but i just i don't know how to put it in places because i'm just not used to hearing it in a certain extent uh but i love it for live and then next to that i have the fender uh <laughs> the bass six which is a it's more of an experimental thing because you know you don't really get any low fundamentals until like the fifth fret anyway like everything below that sounds like a loose spaghetti string but <laughs> uh you know but it's fun and it's like basically the size of a jazz master so you know you can play chords on it and do do what you want yeah yeah I, i've seen those like come up more recently um i've been watching like scary pockets like videos and their bass player like sometimes switches to that and i was like that sounds like a bass but it looks like a guitar right, i didn't right. really like know know too much about that that's yeah wild. yeah there's stuff you can do to make it like like get the low end pumping but i mean it has like jaguar like guitar pickups like it has jaguar american well, my, i have i put in a american jaguar guitar pickups but it came it was a squire originally and then i painted it and and to put I, you know i put it into like the custom shop specs but it's more of a toy for me i i would never okay. record with it unless it was like something vintage sounding maybe because you can do pretty cool palm muting stuff but uh yeah it's cool it's a toy and it's i would play it live probably <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah it's, it, and it, it looks cool and it's a fun thing and it's a fun story so yeah, for sure. Speaking of vintage, and you mentioned earlier your Beach Boys cover band, like your Beach Boy cover was was great. Like, what was the idea behind that? Um, honestly, I don't know. I've always like they're just they're my favorite band. 
them and Blink-182 kind of share the same spot, you know, whereas like, I guess the Beach Boys are like my nostalgia favorite band because I used to hear them growing up. And then like the Blink-182 favorite band is kind of what I found personally. But yeah, they've, I've just I've always been pumping their tunes. And like, you know, we had a we have a band that everybody can sing. Um, you know, I thought it'd be cool. I mean, obviously he's passed now, but John was a great bass vocalist. So I thought it would be cool to, you know, feature him. And uh, shout out to John, by the way. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, I just thought it'd be cool to kind of do something like that. And, uh, you know, my old bands have actually done some covers of them, too. And, and I just, you know, I, I thought it'd be cool to trade off vocals and kind of give everybody a feature. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably not even the last Beach Boy cover, cover you'll hear from us, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and my condolences, dude. Um, I lost, like, one of my best friends, and it's tough. I, I know, so. I'm sorry to uh, hear that. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you like still, you know, doing music, putting mm-hmm. out stuff and like being super transparent about it, because I think that's super cool for everyone, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I'm not, I, mean, I I think it's just it's part of like the, the grieving process, obviously. And I, you know, I don't I it sucks to talk about him in past tense, but like I, I'm not going to pretend that something yeah didn't happen because it, it has. And, and, you know, like I think just the best way in honoring what he wanted for our band and to move forward is to is is to move forward in a sense and you know he always, like the two things he always told me that he wanted for me and for the band was to like you know do the music but like mm-hmm. do it healthy you know what i mean and do yeah. it as it makes sense and it still makes sense and and you know he, he's a huge proprietor of music so like you know we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing forward i mean it, like yeah like it's it's been a, a rough go rough couple of weeks so far but you know we're we're still pushing and we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can and and we're gonna keep you know rocking out and Okay. you know we, we won't for, we won't forget them but we're gonna we're gonna you know do them proud for sure yeah absolutely um so what is what is uh coming up for the like the rest of the year on to next year you have any plans um in terms of you know we haven't gotten heavily into the booking of shows for a couple reasons one you know obviously it's kind of <clears throat> hit or miss in terms of like how people not at least see it but like how promoters want to do it um in in terms of like COVID still being a potential risk so we haven't quite got there for that reason partially the other reason is that we do need a horn section uh and we've got a couple people that we're uh talking to now we just want to make sure it's the right fit um you know especially because you know in today's day and age you have to i mean in all eras but you know especially in today's day and age you, you need a good player you also need a good person you know what i mean and 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 that's it's not, it shouldn't be too too hard to find you know like i'm just yeah. you know what i'm saying but like you never you don't know when you first meet somebody and you want to make sure it's the right thing so yeah uh, but yeah in terms of the rest of the year uh we're working on towards a new album for sure um not no solid dates on that right now i want to get a single out soon we do have a song or two that are like pretty close um you know like i get the songs almost done by the demo stage strangely enough and then the drummer comes in he you know overdubs the midi drums and you know our guitar player come in and do his thing he'll sing on it you know do some playing and then you know basically it's just swapping it out for better sounds at that point mm-hmm. um so you know uh so yeah we're, we're gonna have some songs out i hope in a couple of months possibly you know what i mean like that's what i want i want people to hear what we've been cooking up because it is i think our next record is going to be something special like big you know different for sure you know still going to have some of that ska love on it but it's also going to be like you know something you could play in an arena potentially like like big and like astral in a sense you know yeah um that's super exciting man <laughs> uh are you are you going to be doing um like the mixing and mastering on this yep 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 um 
Uh, that's funny. I actually, I was talking to Matt Appleton from Real Big Fish yesterday. Um, he's the sax player and he does, you know, he does horn recordings on a ton of stuff. And I sent him, you know, something I was working on. And I was like, do you think like, like, I, you know, cause I, I'm still kind of unsure, you know, like, what can I do better? Uh, but I sent it to him and he was like, yeah, like, like this, this is totally like, you know, he's like, who's to say what you could change? Like you, <laughs> I think like this, this competes, you know, with commercial stuff. So I was like, that was, that was like, okay, you know, I can do the next, like, like I can do the next record. I don't have to outsource. Like if somebody that's done like super, super legit stuff can say that to me, then I'm like, all right, I'm in a good spot. You know, like I feel, I feel confident. Like that definitely raised my confidence back up. And cause I have thought of like, Oh, you know, like what if I just recorded it or what if I just recorded it and mixed it and had someone else master, I still might have someone else master, but <laughs> I'm definitely going to produce it. I'm definitely going to mix it. I'm definitely going to track it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Cause that's definitely like my wheelhouse and where I feel the best about music for sure. Awesome. When, what's your, um, plan like when you release it like are you gonna release it independently i think i saw you someone talking about like labels and stuff the other day and <laughs> I, i'm just uh, curious what your thoughts are on that now like this this era this day and age la labels uh, what i will say as a general statement is labels are an interesting thing because mm -hmm. i think they were kind of formed originally back in the day because recording stuff was so expensive and like artists couldn't just go pay for a recording. They, you know, cause you had to go to the studio that had like a big board, you know, whatever. So they were basically bank accounts for bands. Right. Um, now the recording world has changed, but that aspect of, of labels hasn't really. So like in a sense, a lot of them are just like, high interest loans for bands you know with perks and the perks is what i'm looking for you know like mm -hmm. like whatever sell me on whatever money you're going to give me or not give me that's whatever but perks i need perks you know what i mean <laughs> um so that being said like it is a, it's very possible that you will see our next record um even though I, it seems like I just talked down on labels, but it's possible that you might see um, our next record on a label. Uh, not 100% sure what that's going to look like yet or when, you know, it, we might very well just do it independently, but we've been in the talks with a few of them. So, you know, who's to say, you know, um, I'm sure that, you know, if, if we do find a partner for the next record, it'll, it'll, it'll be a, a special one for sure. Cool. Cool. A few more. I'm curious on um, just how like, you i guess i don't know if it's market but how do you get millington out because like you made it to the spotify playlist like right. you're active like on social media and stuff like what's just your mindset with you know like getting your band out um <laughs> i'd say like two parts luck one part um <laughs> i don't know like the whole I, w I mean, I'll be super transparent about the Spotify playlist thing because I feel like that's been a huge part of our initial success. Um, when we got onto that, Spotify's um, program was new, like their pitch song to an editor program. That was a new thing. And I part of me feels like because Scott is very niche and because they're not getting a ton of new artists every day, because we delivered them a polished product at a time that, you know, they were offering that service. I think they we got in pretty easily, which is awesome. Um, and, and maybe because we've got in once, it's, you know, you don't have to go to the intern anymore. Maybe it just goes <laughs> right to the desk. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. You know, because I pitched many songs post, you know, our first couple of songs getting on there. And, they, you know, not not to the same luck, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, luckily things have taken off enough where it's, it's not super detrimental. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think now that Spotify has a program where you can like similar to YouTube campaigns where you can pay to like get your song heard. I think that 
like the, the lucky the lucky getting on the Spotify playlist thing, it might be a thing of the past. I hope not, because I think a lot of artists have have made it to a lot of people who needed to hear their music that way. And I hope that they keep doing that. But as for marketing uh, of the band, you know, uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I try to be entertaining. I definitely keep it real. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I personally feel like I need a marketing person. You know, like I think I could definitely benefit from somebody who like totally crushes the marketing game. But luckily, everybody's been super cool to us online, even when I'm just being an idiot about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> people get the brand, and and that's that's awesome. You know, like I I can't I can't ask for a better fan base for sure because nobody you know nobody there's I mean there's been an occasional dumb comment or two, but like other than that, like people are are really radical and just you know they get it they you know and it's been it's been a cool back and forth with you know fans and friends and whatnot yeah for sure and then uh this is just random because i keep looking at your video games what's your favorite favorite system uh n64 64 and then yeah. favorite like franchise Ooh. well my favorite game of all time is banjo tooie on n64 um I wish the franchise, you know, went on to do bigger and better things, but they got sold, obviously, to uh, Microsoft. Um, I don't know. I, I love Mario. Mario, I mean, it's so, like, I guess stereotypical, but, like, that that game, that series has gotten me, like, has pulled me out of a lot of holes that I've dug myself into. It's funny to say about a video game, I guess, but, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it definitely, like, Gave, gave me enough of a distraction in the, in the times that I needed it in the past. So like, like, I feel like I almost owe it a, a, a certain, you know? Yeah. I'm, I love the Mario like sports games. I don't think yeah. those get like enough love, but oh, yeah. that just sends me to like growing up with my brothers, like playing Mario golf. And... Oh, hell yeah. 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 That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I love the, the N64 one. I love the GameCube one and I love the one that just came out. Yeah. Mario golf is, yeah, that's dope. That's really cool. <laughs> And uh, just a random one. If you had to cover a Mario song, what song would you cover? Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, I've heard really cool, like, acapella versions of, like, uh, just, like, the random ditties, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, like, ones, there's not many with vocals, obviously, but I, I bet, like, just, I mean, I guess I would I would probably try, like, Jump Up Superstar and just see what it, like, because it's got horns and, you know, to probably make it fast punk, you know? Why not? Yeah, there's a there's some like ska discord that's out there and um there's like a little collab thing and I was like, okay, we can all collab together and someone suggested that song. I was like, yeah, totally we can do it. I'll have like a little shell of it for y'all by the end of the day. And I looked it up and I was like, I'm I can't do this. <laughs> this is way it's, too- tough, it's like almost like a jazz chart, right? Like it's a big band, right? <laughs> yeah, there's like twenty different chords and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, like, yeah like, really like like the like, the thing with big band that's weird is that if you like like look at the guitar part and you try to play like the music it's like this doesn't sound like the song like but like you need at least like 15 of the 20 parts in order to like start to get a semblance of the melody so it's like that's, that's where like jazz and like big band stuff blows my mind <laughs> yeah man um where can where can people listen to you um, we're everywhere. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, look up the, the band Millington. That's us. Um, uh, you can also find us on YouTube. We got a music video for our song Beatdown Generation coming out probably in a couple of weeks, honestly. Um, where else can you find us? Uh, Instagram, Millington the Band. Twitter. Uh, I forgot. A, Milling Tweets, I think. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're anywhere. We're everywhere. Honestly, just type in the word Millington. You'll find us. Awesome. Cody, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Um, 
And yeah, man, I just hope you have a good day and I'll catch up with you later. All right. Enjoy band practice. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> later. Yeah.